I've been told by a few people that they can't hear me. That's because I have a very soft voice. But I have been told that maybe if I use two microphones, this one and this one, it will be better. So I will try. This gospel today, first of all, I have to tell you something. I'm tired. Really, This is my third mass of the day. At a funeral this morning, and then I had a wedding this afternoon, and two appointments, and this mass. So my voice is even tired. So I, I promised that I would do a short homily, but I, but I have violated that promise so many times that uh, it all depends on how the Spirit moves me. This gospel today is almost impossible to preach on because you could pick one sentence and continue for oh god knows how long so i will i will choose the last part stop judging and you will not be judged stop condemning and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. And good measure, packed together, shaken down, overflowing, will be poured unto your lap. For the measure that you measure out will be measured back to you. Stop judging. You know, if there's anything part of the gospel that every Tom, Dick, and Harry knows is don't judge me. Stop judging me. Didn't Jesus say stop judging me? The problem is that um, it's used in a way that is very, um, that it's basically misunderstood. So I want to take some time to talk to you about authentic judgment and the judgment that Jesus is condemning. Let me give you an example. If you are driving on, say, a side road next to a golf course, and you see you're at a stopped at a stoplight, and you see me at the golf, and I swing while you're stopped, and I make a hole in one, which will never happen, not because of anything, but because I don't play golf. But let's say that you see me do a hole in one. And you come back to the parish and you say, Father Mario is an excellent golfer. Is that a true judgment? No. Why? Because all you saw was one shot. I could have destroyed the green on the other ones, trying to just hit the ball. I got lucky one time. And you saw that. And you misjudged. So what is it that you could have said? You could come back to the parish and say, 
I have no idea what kind of golfer Father Mario is, but I saw him do an excellent shot. I don't know if that says anything about his abilities, but that shot, that swing was perfect. Hole in one. That is a good judgment. Now why? Because when Jesus is saying, stop judging, and you will not be judged. What he's referring to is that you make a judgment about the person's status before God. You cannot say that a person is evil, for example. I had this yesterday when we were at um, our, in a, in a uh, scripture class I do on Thursday nights. That was day before yesterday. Um, and this person said, well, wait a minute. Can't we say that Hitler was evil? And I go, no, you can't. You can say that Hitler did evil things and made evil judgments. But only God can go inside Hitler's heart and judge him. He certainly gave enough proof that he did a lot of horrible things, which are evil. Those things are evil. But to go to the point of judging a person as if you know the status of that person before God that is what is prohibited. Judge not. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. You can't. Judging is a normal part of human life. Every time you open the refrigerator and you decide what you're going to eat, you're in judgments constantly. You make judgments about whether a person sings well or doesn't, whether something is cooked well or not. You don't just say, well, I can't judge, I can't judge. No, that's a normal judgment. You can't say how a person's status is before God. It's very interesting that the Catholic Church has made hundreds of thousands of saints. But do you know that the Catholic Church has never said that there is a single human being by name in hell. Nobody. We don't know. There are theologians who say we hope that even the worst of all of our brothers and sisters have repented. The church holds out the fact that it could be a possibility for all of us to serve to, to reject God. See, I have, let me tell you, I may have said this to you before, but, but it bears repeating. And, oh, well, you know, I've been here, I've been here 24 years. And I don't know that I can get stand before you've been here if you've been coming to this church and come with too many original thoughts after 24 years. But here's, an, here's one that I... I I love because it makes so much sense to me. This is a fantasy. Fantasy. I think that when you die, you're going to stand in front of a mirror. 
And that mirror is not going to show your body. That mirror is going to show the status of your soul. It's going to show the accumulation of the decisions that you have made and how they have affected the shape of your soul. You will see the sum of your decisions. The word character is related to the word, it comes from the word karezen, which means to be formed, to be carved. Every time you make a decision, you are literally carving your soul, becoming the person that you choose to be. And I always picture that to be kind of like a spreadsheet, you know? Every, time, every day, every decision, you put a number in. You put a number in. But there's going to come a time that somebody's going to draw the line. And you will be asked, so what does that sum up to? What is the sum of your life? And I think you're going to stand in front of that mirror and see how your life sums up. Then superimposed on that, you're going to see an image of the way that God intended you to have been, what God wanted you to be. And then you will notice judgment, I think, is going to be the difference between the you that you have chosen to become by your decisions and the you that God expected you to be when he created you. And you will be shocked. All of us will be shocked at the difference between what is and what ought to be. Then at that moment, when you're sing you're, you think you're sunk and you're going downstairs, God will, I think, will ask you, do you want me to finish it? Do you want me to finish what is left undone? between the you that is and the you that ought to be. And at that moment, you may say one of two things. You may say, no, I want to be who I want to be, regardless of who you want me to be. I want to be me. And at that time, God will use a line from the Our Father, but it will be applied to you. He will say, Thy will be done. And you get to be a spiritual monstrosity because you chose it. Now, you may say, and I hope you do, I hope I do, say, Yes. Please finish. And at that moment, you have entered purgatory. Purgatory is God transforming you, finishing the transformation between the you that you are as a sum of your actions and the you that ought to be. When you say yes, you will be excited. We Too many people had this image of purgatory of people, you know, sitting in flames, you know, being fried 
or being punished. It's not that. Purgatory, it's interesting. It's interesting when you do even the, the word analysis. Purgatory is related to the word purge. To purge means to clean out. Okay? It's interesting, too, because in Spanish, a purgante, P-U-R-G, ante, purgante, is a laxative. Okay? So whichever end it comes out of, God's going to clean you out. Yeah, I know, you're sitting there going, God, Father, I can't believe you just said that. Well, I did. I told you it was my third Mass, so my, my, my brain is a little loose right now. But that's exactly what's going to happen, and you're going to be fine. You're going to be excited to be cleaned out. You're going to be excited because purgatory is already the waiting room to heaven. And you're going to say, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I want to get in there. And so, judge not lest you be judged. Stop condemning. You shouldn't condemn ever. Now, periodically, when we say, damn you, or stuff like that, if you don't mean it, but let me tell you, if you really mean it, that's a mortal sin. If you really mean, damn you, and you mean it, that's a mortal sin. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Yeah. We'd say that in the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Give, and gifts will be given to you. We have to be remembered that we're stewards. A steward is not the owner of a property. A steward is a caretaker, an administrator. You are the administrator. The property does not belong to you. You will not take it with you. Give gifts and it will be given to you. Good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be measured in your lap. In the ancient world, they used to have cups that were standard size. And when you were buying grain, it, um, people would pour grain into it. But you know that sometimes when you fill a cup with something, especially grain, if you shake it a little bit, the grain will pack down and it'll pack down, and they'll, you can add more. And then you can add to the point that it makes a little mound, okay? And then some of it will spill if you pull it too much. That's what he's referring to. He's saying, give and gifts will be given to you a good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing will be poured into your lap. That's what it means right there. And then, for the measure you measure out, will be measured back to you. Forgive us as we forgive. Jesus, throughout this whole thing, is like telling us to love our enemies. It doesn't mean that you have to be in love with your enemies. Jesus was using a word. In Greek, there are four different words for love. There is affection, romantic love, friendship love, and the last one, which is called agape, which is willing the good of another. Willing that which is good of another. 
Jesus is not telling you you have to be friends with the person who hates you. He's not telling you you have to be in love with them. And he's not telling you you have to have affection for them. But you do have to not hate, to not wish bad. And you know why? Because when you do that, it poisons you. The moment you want evil for another person, you become that which you have desired to another person. And I'm not telling you it's easy. There are people in my own life that I've wanted, have done things to me that I really, I, I, I try not to think about it because I get mad. But when I start thinking about it, I say, no, that's, I'm not going to go there. I want, I give them to God. I pray for them. One sure way of getting over feelings of negative feelings towards other people, pray for them. When you pray for them, you're actually putting them in God's hands. And your negative feelings will begin to melt away. So, read this chapter again when you get home. And by the way, really invite you guys to come on Thursday nights. Thursday nights, I tell you, I teach every night. I, well, not every night. I teach Monday nights. I teach young adults on Zoom. Any of you who are between 18 and 35, you're invited. You can find the, the numbers, the, the ID, ID, Zoom ID, in the bulletin and in the website. 18 to 35, although I don't card, so I, I don't know who's there. Tuesday nights, I do RCIA. Wednesday night, I teach in Spanish. But Thursday nights is my favorite class. And the reason it's my favorite class is because we do a half an hour video with a Catholic New Testament scholar. And he takes the following Sunday's readings and he picks them all apart. And they are amazing. And then he shows you the first reading. I, was, I, I could tell you the, the reason why the first reading is related to the third read, to the gospel reading, but then it would be too long. And I promise you a short homily. I've only gone 12 minutes. So, but come on Thursday nights. I mean, for God's sake, kick back, take your shoes off. You only have to, you can be in your underwear if you want. Okay, you can just have to, you know, dress up from Zoom up. Okay? And get, get yourself a beer or something and relax and, and listen. Listen. And when, when you come to Mass on Sunday, you're going to be prepared. You know, oh, you know, that's why the reading is that. I, there's nothing, I, I don't know what else I can do except coming over to your house and turning your computer on. So come on Thursday nights. Get the, the Zoom address for God's sake or for my sake. Anyway, I'm finished. I have nothing more to say. No, do not clap. She's, she's standing, sitting there in the front seat going. When you harass a priest, you end up being part of the homily.